So start today with a short reading, the first sutta in the Sangyuta Nikaya, so-called a reed crossing the flood. The flood being flood, sangsara, so on. One occasion the Blessed One was dwelling at Savati in Jeta's grove, and out of Pindika's park. Then when the night had advanced, a certain devata of stunning beauty, illuminating the entire Jeta's grove, approached the Blessed One. Having approached, he paid homage to the Blessed One, stood to one side and said to him, How, dear sir, did you cross the flood? By not halting, friend, and by not straining, I crossed the flood. But how is it, dear sir, that by not halting and by not straining, you cross the flood? When I came to a standstill, friend, then I sank. But when I struggled, then I got swept away. It is in this way, friend, that by not halting and by not straining, I crossed the flood. Devadar finishes with a salutation. After a long time, at last I see a Brahmin who is fully quenched, who by not halting, not straining, has crossed over attachment to the world. This is what the Devatar said. Simple, non-technical, non-jargon. Very simple, profound, to the point. By not halting, by not stopping, standing still, by not struggling and straining forward, this is how one crosses the flood of the world. Something about the uh, poise, the balance of that, what's being suggested. It's rather like, how do we walk? How do we walk? We have to kind of move and yet you're not running. You're not marching. You're not strutting. You're not skipping. You don't skip over things, you walk steadily through. You're not straining, but you're not halting. And when Lumpur Cha built the Uposata Hall, the main uh, sacred hall in Wapapong, he decided he wanted to have a walking Buddha image, not a sitting Buddha. He said, this is more appropriate. A walking Buddha image. At this time, particularly, this is more appropriate. Yeah. And uh, of course, he didn't exactly say much, but there's a certain stillness within action. Yeah. 
and the, one of the uh, titles of the books of his teachings is actually the book of his life story is stillness flowing stillness flowing <laughs> can you get that? <laughs> no snagging no doubting no shaking no trembling no skipping over no locking no freezing no hanging on <laughs> no turning back <laughs> it's through flowing that one finds stillness not through holding on we might um, with reflection notice that our, our tendency to rush on to the next thing uh, urgency acting on urgency to rush on to get to the next thing you know how that can easily be very convincing Got to hurry up to get to the next thing. Once one gets into the urgency, how attention is lost. We get reckless. We fall over things. You forget your car keys because you're rushing down the stairs. You trip over the dog. <laughs> You've forgotten where, you know, you smash into something when you try to back out of the, out of the, the parking lot. But even on a, a less uh, uh, less physical state. You know, the, the mind rushing to get on to the next thing. Why we're encouraged to be with fluid qualities, um, walking, breathing. Remember, we contemplate mindfulness of breathing, not the breath. We're not watching the breath. This is a common phrase that can be used, but it's, it has, it's unfortunate because watching itself is not the same as flowing. Watching tends to have a standpoint. The observer stands and watches something. And that's not quite accurate. But breathing as a process, which may carry various qualities to it, maybe just the sense of the sensory contact of the body slightly expanding and subsiding, that, that's, that's always changing, isn't it? That's fluid. It's not like you have a rigid breath and then, and then it flows from one to the other. And uh, even more subtly, when you contemplate the, the suffusions, the pervasions of energy that flow through the body as you breathe in and out, that's always subtly fluid. And the Buddha even described chitta. He says, he says nothing changes so quickly as chitta. I can't even find a metaphor. And the Buddha was an exemplary master of language and metaphor. He says, I can't find a way to describe just how quickly this thing shifts and changes. You can't call it a thing at all. It's more like a light, you know, the, so, yeah, this continuous subtle pulsation. 
is not an entity at all. We tend to talk about it as an entity because that's what language does. It puts things in categorical boxes and we're always trying to find the right label for the box. Is it a soul? Is it a self? Is it, where is it? How do I, what do I make of it? This is all the wrong view, really. You enter, you enter, and you put aside the categorizing mind, the box-forming mind that wants to make things solid and fixed. Then we don't watch, we participate, if you like. The quality of the jitta is released from its own boxes because it tends to be stuck itself into views and opinions, into psychological habits. And these have to be relinquished. And the suggestion is that the breathing, the flow of the breathing is warm, soft, it's felt. You don't have to do it. You don't have to make anything happen with it. You're not, it's not racing anywhere, (laughs) you know. So it's a place where some of these, as the jitta meets that, it begins to release some of these impacted qualities of racing to get to a conclusion, trying to get it fixed and solid, trying to get an idea of what's going on and get it really right. It's either halting, it's trying to get it all, I want to get nice and still, and how to get quiet and still. Where's the point I could focus on in this breathing where I can get it nailed down? The right point, you know, fix on a particular position in my body. No, the Buddha doesn't teach that. I mean, it's not, you could, you know, you can find a place where you where you feel most comfortable, your attention naturally settles, and still you're going to feel the, the, the breath energy just softly flowing through that and um, you know and also so it's encouraging the chitta to deconstruct the boxes of logic reason and purpose urgency achievement that it seeks to find it's it, it's been inducted into this box mentality it's trying to hold on simply speaking. One of the ways to really learn mindfulness is through following a moving object. Follow a moving object. Then your mindfulness will be fine-tuned. As I was saying the other day, mindfulness is like hearing a tune and staying with the sound, staying with the sound of the tune. You're in a choir. You hear the voices, you get the sound, you pick your voice to that sound, that pitch, and you stay with it. And as the sound changes, you flow with it. As the tune changes, you flow with it. So you're both still and, <laughs> and flowing at the same time. You know, the stillness is your poise, and the fluidity is the theme. You're poised on the theme, right? Uh, so it's a different metaphor, like surfing the, the breath surfing the meditation object and the way you the way you'd hear music and the way you tune into music mm. now it's slower so you quiet down that's picking up mm. you know this there's, there's a stillness in that and 
of course. Uh, so so what? <laughs> but, but because in that poise, then those attachments that are about holding and security and fixing are released. If the attachments and the tendencies that are about holding on to something and, and getting it are released, because you can't get it, you 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 can't get it. Uh, if you try and get it, you you lose balance. You have to open and let it flow through. And then those attachments that are about holding things still and steady, and getting getting something that you can say, now I've got it. That those attitudes have to be relinquished. It's fluid, but it's flowing in its own rhythmic pace. So while we do walking, while we do chanting, while we do uh, breathing, is it flows at a certain pace. And uh, it is, uh, so those attachments that are about skipping over details, those attachments, those attitudes which are about hurrying up and casually skipping over details, no, no, no. Those attachments are about just zoning out, dozing off. No, 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 it's not going to work. Those attachments which are about making it go faster. No, no, that's not going to work. Those attachments are about getting to the end of it quickly. No, that's not going to work. So these have to be <laughs> recognised, which is not very comfortable, the, the juddering, the shuddering and the awkwardness until the mind actually begins to just... Let let that go. Flow, flow, flow with it. Don't look back. If it was mistaken, don't look back. Just keep picking up the theme where you dropped it. If you drop the ball, pick it up where you dropped it. Don't look back. Don't have a tribunal. Yeah, you'll you'll notice. Oh, the balance wasn't quite right. That's enough. Yeah, it's kind of drifting off. That's enough. It's enough. Enough comment. Just enough to pick the ball up again. And you keep going. Because we're alive. And life is a flowing stream. There are no standing places. Uh, and we, so with this, we, uh, you know, the, mood, the feelings change, the energies change. It's dark, it's light. Uh, there's friendship and there's en- enmity. There's horror and there's beauty. There's joy and there's tragedy. There's sorrow, weeping and so forth. And we move through, we move through move through you don't close your ears you don't close your eyes you don't close your heart you tune in to the heart's ability to stay poised don't lose the focus on that but it's relational and this is why it's uh, above all so you can see helpful in, in the world in this situation because the world in general is very much about um, putting things in boxes, creating objects. I was saying the other night, creating people as objects. He's one of those, she's one of that, he belongs to that. He fits into that category. I needn't bother with them, they don't count. That thing is what I want it to be, projection. Animals are just for eating, trees are just for cutting down, land is just for digging up and making use of air, earth is just somewhere you throw trash away. 
we don't soil is dirt literally dirt rather than the living life force of fertility which if, which it actually is we treat soil like dirt you know? Um, you know look at these things you know the uh, all the amount of stuff that we the way we disregard so much because we've got fixed views about what's important no respect a limited respect Buddha wouldn't even dig earth over to for the sake of food he said oh, just leave it be so the sense of relationship to life is a place where we enter with respect try to cultivate respect mutuality, sharing uh, learn to adapt, flow and uh, yeah Learn to listen to life, to people. Because in doing this, you're going to learn to listen and respect you know, the most intimate aspect of the universe, which is you, your body and your conditioned mind. And the only way you can work with these is respectful and relational. It means you can't just push it around and bully it make it be something that you've read about in a book you've got to work with it as it is and in a joyful way don't strain you know, don't skip over don't give up you get those moods coming up what's the can't do it how long is it going to take can a layman become a sotapanna you know can a lay woman become a sotapanna? Can anybody become an arahant? Should I, should I be a bodhisattva instead? <laughs> don't, do, don't create boxes. Just My advice is just know when you're suffering, stressing, and not. Just know where, you're, where, where the stress is, the suffering of the moment is, what the mind, what the jitta is stuck on, what it's spluttering around, what it's shuddering around, what it's boxed in by. Find where that is experienced. And there's the place where we, through these tools that we learn, through walking, sitting, breathing, standing, you know, sending forth good wishes, the skills that the chitras learn, you know, as it begins to have the skills to get through the traps, the booby traps that it, it, it's, it, it's so trained to, to generate. It's uh, amazing how much harm we can do to ourselves through believing in fixed positions or trying to be a fixed position, trying to be a perfect entity or that which other people approve of all the time. You You can get into a lot of damage trying to be that which other people, you think other people approve of. So you end up kind of twisting and crippling yourself to be something you think they think and so on and so on and uh, you know this way a person 
loses loses the flow of what's real and authentic. Even at the most, um, you know, entering into the intimacy of, of the mind, of the psychologies and attitudes and energies that we experience. Mm. Don't halt, don't stand still, don't push forward. Learn to meet what arises. Most what arises is going to be, <laughs> have a mystery to it. Why is that particular phenomenon, why is that nagging thought keep coming back? Why does that regret about something we did 15 years ago? Why does that keep coming back? I thought, that's finished. Uh, what's this strange phenomenon nestling under my ribs? Strange stuck state nestling in my ribs. What's that there for? What's that place where the mind just sinks into gloom? Uh, these are all the... Um, <laughs> you know, you don't have to know what they are. You have to know how to meet and relate. Because in that sense of meeting experience, in the light touch of it and listening, the jitta can pick it up and flow. It picks itself up because it's not looking for conceptual answers. Put it in a box. This is because... You know, I was a, I had a drunken father 15 years ago. This is because, well, maybe, maybe, maybe that's going to do you any good right now. Um, this is because, you know, I messed up with, you know, I made a mistake in my relationships. Maybe so, but that isn't going to do you any good right now. You know, is it because of some past life experience? Maybe so, but <laughs> that isn't going to help you either. So, you know, because these are all referring to perceptions and ideas, the manas, memories and ideas and opinions and so forth. And jitta is looking the wrong way. It needs to look into its, its ability to open and experience a sense of meeting, which is both empathic, empathetic, feels like this, and... Opening around that, taking the time. We often unconsciously create a timeline. Okay, you know, I've done this practice, why isn't it working? Well, how long have you done it for? Well, I've been practicing that for the last half an hour. Well, maybe it needs a month <laughs> or five years of, of, you know, of meeting it. You know, maybe, you know, who, who created the timeline? That's another box. Mm. I was saying, a Lumpur Charles was when you get into these states of, oh, how long is this going? How long do I have to keep going for? When's this all going to end? I don't know. Says the only thing that has to end is the wish that things end. When you let go of that wish that things end, then things can end. <laughs> Because you're not pushing forward and you're not hanging back. And then the natural fluidity of the jitta is released. You know? And then, then, in fact, you know, you're, you're kind of, even if the difficulty is there, you're not, you're not 
sort of stuck in it because you experience this sense of it's, I'm not creating a problem out of that. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not uh, mesmerized by that, I'm obsessed with it, I'm not identifying with it. You know? It's like the jitta flows around. So it's, it's bondage to that problem ceases. So I remember somebody asked the Dalai Lama, do you have any, have any regrets? He said, oh, no, no regret. You've never made any mistakes? He said, oh yes, oh yes. Yes, make mistake, make mistake. <laughs> and he said, well, doesn't it bother you? No, no, no. Because I can remember it if I wish to. I can turn my mind back to that. Yes, that was a mistake. Definitely that was a mistake. But it, it doesn't it doesn't haunt me. So the memory is a memory. The memory is an act of something you can. Oh yes, it's a, it's, a, it's not denied, but it's something you can go to, rather than something that follows you. When you sit down, it comes up. Because the the bondage to it. Why does it why does it come? Because you're dragging it along with you. Your chit is still dragging it along. <laughs> There's still an identification with that. There's still a sense of um, inability to accept perhaps these uh, these errors, these confusions. And to constantly generate the mind of goodwill, compassion. Otherwise, there's no way, there's no progress, there's no fruition. If the chitta can't come to terms with the mistakes, the pains, the difficulties, the obstructions that conditioned life deals to us, that we arrive here with a good degree of ignorance. Therefore, we make mistakes. We arrive here with a body, therefore we get sick, therefore we experience disability. Some people have to practice with disabilities of various kinds. Mm. Physical pains, physical discomfort, limitations on whether they can sleep or not, or how much they can move around. Mm. Other people find that disabilities are, well I can't because I've got to do this, you know, I'm in a very difficult social domestic situation so and then you look around well it's great because you you know you don't have to deal with that that's then therefore it must be you know that's enlightenment's for people who don't have these things <laughs> and he said no no says <laughs> um, yeah, the qualities for enlightenment are one can one can listen one can pick up the dhamma one can listen to it uh, one is eager one listens attentively, 
one cultivates. And you don't have heavily obstructive karma. So, for example, you haven't murdered your mother or father, then, you know, occasionally losing your temper or doesn't, it's, you can get past that. You know, so the jitta is capable of moving, flowing through these obstacles if it's made spacious, vibrant, and adequate. Now there is a cultivation for that that I've been encouraging. And it's a two two forms. Cultivation, the fine energy body, um, and the fine heart body. The fine body of the heart is called the Appamana or Brahma Vihara state. This is the fine, subtle body of the heart. So normally the heart sort of jumps into, you know, excitement and disappointment, uh, sadness and sadness and elation, and it's very much triggered by oh, that makes me happy. Oh, oh, I feel good because that's going right. I feel, you know, so it's very much triggered by sense objects. So it's it's kind of jumping. And then the, the fine body of the heart is, is a steady, steady warmth, steady quality of non-aversion, non-constriction. If you look at the chanting we do on the Brahma Vihara, they're all, they're all labelled exactly the same. Hmm? Uncontracted, abundant, exalted free from hatred and ill will, free from the pain of malevolence and free from, you know, feeling disliked and disliking others. Feeling one is disliked or unlovely or dislikable or disgusting or unworthy or pathetic or incapable. (laughs) That's ill will. doesn't necessarily mean you know, direct uh, violence, but it's anything that um, carries this dampening, limiting, crushing, abusing, degrading quality, whether it's towards yourself or towards another. Withdrawal of empathy. This is a beautiful cultivation getting that as a flow, as you touch into that, you perhaps light it up, get the stream going with something that will actually draw it forth, will touch the heart, bring it forth. Those you admire, those you respect, those you have gratitude for, those who have helped you, what it would be like just to receive and remembering receiving that, that goodwill, that giving. We've all come here in this birth where we have been given birth, fed, um, nourished, uh, educated, cleaned, kept safe. We have that much, whatever else happened. So you tune into the bit that reminds you of that, that touches into that quality. And then how I would like, I would really love to do that. I would love to give some of that quality to other beings because then my heart can open and that just feels really appropriate 
right, that's what I'm here for. If I can do this in this life, this, if I can just do this in this life, that's, that's good enough. That's, that's really good. <laughs> if I can just live this life without going cranky and crabby and spiteful and jealous and, and negative and gloomy and depressed, and <laughs> that would be very good indeed. <laughs> Can we be that contented? <laughs> and I want to be—I want to be the union of emptiness and bliss on the, you know, experiences and just, just maybe, maybe, maybe. Get in touch with what you can do and what's accessible, and linger in it and enhance it and smooth it out. Trust it's going to go in the right direction. Yeah. And you're going to meet those things that. You know, that cause it to be challenged. You you either want to stay in a happy state and not experience so rather than when the unfortunate things happen to you, the animosity comes to you, there's the time you've got to really keep your goodwill going. Which doesn't necessarily mean you like the other person, but you say, I do not allow my mind, my heart to become soured by the other person's enmity or jealousy or spite I don't allow myself I don't start having to you know take that on keeping it steady that's a practice it's not sentimental it's not easy but when you get into the stream of the heart the heart stream the fine tissues of, of good of the good heart you know, and you recognize that any kind of faltering in that, any locking into it, you know, trying to make it a kind of happy state constantly, it's not always happy, but it can be void of this turning back with bitterness. You know, the turning back with bitterness and, and fear. And that's the primary quality to uncontract the mind that wants to contract. Then the tissues, the fine energies of the heart are kept open, wide and healthy. It's called the Mahachitta, the heart made great. The other method, the other way is through Samadhi, where you do pretty much the same kind of thing, but it's the Samadhi, is these energies of Piti Sukha. Rapture and ease, and inclination is much more towards the ease than the rapture. So, if you're getting really bubbly, lots of energy coming up, and you're starting to get visions and stuff like that, it's time to, you know, aim towards the contentment rather than get fascinated by lights, um, bright qualities, energies rushing through you because you can be overcooked. So, you want to come back to just contented useful. Some people don't get much rapture, much refreshment. But what you need to do is just look or be aware of the discomfort that isn't there. Yeah. And so with this kind, with the samadhi meditations, you, know, you recognize any part of your body, sometimes that's going to be uncomfortable. Uh, uh, but then it's the, the skill of it is to 
sustain your sati, your mindfulness, on qualities that do have, bodily qualities that do have the unimpaired flow to them. Warmth of your body, the, the elements of it, the warmth of it, the, you know, that flows, even the, you know, just the pulsing of it. So, then lingering. So, when the chitta lingers on something, it acquires the sign, acquires the sign, acquires the nimitta, the mark, which is light flowing, still, stillness flowing, stillness flowing. And this is the kind of meditations that get over the discomfort problem, and then we have to get over the pleasure, or move past the pleasure, which tends to get us a bit cooking up, hot, excited. And then, then no, no, just just aim, look towards the cooler aspects, like where the energies are more calm and spread out. That's the direction to go in, so you don't get dragged forward or thrown out. This is quite a skill, and um, you know many of these, at least the forest tradition meditation masters would recognise when disciples were getting too out there. You know, the jitters were kind of flying off in some mystical realm, or to uh, where, where it wasn't possible to develop insight because they're too high. So they didn't get insight because they're still fascinated by these energies and by visions or by you know paranormal experiences. So no, no, you need to earth because your, your mind is getting rushed. And you no longer, the mind is getting captured, dazzled, steady, so that it's got that gravity Stillness, stillness, flowing, stillness, flowing, poise within the movement. So this this makes the mind both grounded and strong, but also vibrant and rich. This is the Mahachitta. It says, with this, it's, then this is, becomes like a mighty stream. So then, you know, you can throw a little rock in it, stream doesn't, doesn't bother. You know, you throw trash in it, stream keeps flowing on. And these bad memories, stream, well, you know, leave that behind. Uh, regrets, leave that behind. Other people squabbling, yeah, well, keep going. <laughs> it's, it, it stays in its, it's witness these things, you're not ignorant of them. You don't get snared by them. And this is what we have to, something of this nature, you know, you may think, well, that sounds pretty amazing. I can't do that. Don't think these things. You know, generally, by and large, in the Buddhist scriptures, you see 
you know, the gold star, the gold standard, the five star version, the Olympic champions, you know, what they can do. But it doesn't mean you can't can't run at all just because you're not an Olympic athlete. Well, you, you know, you're not a massive weightlifter, but you can. You can lift enough. You don't need to be. They're, they're presenting the the final, you know, most advanced stage. But you start with where you're at and get flowing with that. And that, so then the jitter will always flow on. And the images that are used. How is this done? How is this? You look at it in conventional senses. Well. You find good people, get in their stream, stay with good people, stay with good people, get in that flow, listen, relate, learn, yeah. get over the conflicts, get over the arguments that occur even between good people, differences of opinion, views, cultures, just don't get snagged on it. Get with good people, stay with the good people, stay with the goodness in people, yeah. Yeah. stay with the goodness in yourself. You do with that, you're going to hear some good dhamma. What comes out of skillful meeting with good people is good dhamma. You begin to learn and understand, either directly or indirectly. Directly, you get some advice. Indirectly, you, you get a teaching. Oh, I'm a bit stubborn, aren't I? You know, I've got a lot, a lot of strong opinions, haven't I? Mm, you know, I think I better soften on that one. Yeah. Mm. So you, you get you get good dhamma. So when you get good dhamma, then you develop. You've got the sense of careful attention. You know, you know what to give attention to. You get a sense of conscience and concern. This is important. It's important not to to be slightly less than truthful. It's not good to be manipulative. Don't be so bossy. You know, you know, these are not. Don't be gossiping, backbiting. You know. Look at these precepts in refined ways. And then you get, it says, if you do this, you get some mindfulness. That's coming further. So the jitter flows into mindfulness. Mindfulness, you get the ways of good conduct. The ways of good conduct begin to eliminate the hindrances. Eliminate the hindrances, you know, you're getting the, the enlightenment factors start to blossom out of that. It says it's just like one quality flows into another. One quality flows into another. But it's not because you're pushing it. It's because you're listening, turning to the theme, and you trust the jitta. You trust the jitta, and you trust the jitta when it's in poise and in dhamma, and acknowledging its flaws and its confusions, and passing through that, moving through that. This is how we live. And this is how we should die. Through those times when the boxes fall apart, when the walls fall down, when the wall of time, and it's nice signposts, this is the future, this is the past, this is the present, we'll go this way and tomorrow will be like this, and by the end of next year I'll get there. And no, no, that's all gone. All that stuff is gone. There's no time. There's no place in the dying process you're in your karma you're in your karma that's where you die in your karma in the results of your practice that's where you die and that's where you live really the rest of it is just wallpaper just the stage set through which we move 
to really learn and purify what can be purified. And then, you know, this, the chitta can flow through the gates of death. It's going to go there anyway. What we need to do is to get it so that it's going to flow, is it upward or, you know, or released? And this you're only going to know in this lifetime what uh, what is still snagging. So then, flowing, flowing. Be interested in, in noticing where the snagging or the pushing gets because you want to deal with it now while you've got some choice. Deal with it now while you can hear and get some advice. Let it come up now. Don't wait. Don't stash it away. Let the, let the strange stuff come out and be seen while you've got the choice, chance to do some work on it and get some feedback on it. Don't you know, stuff it under the table because it's going to come out in your deathbed anyway and <laughs> it's a bit late. You know? So then, then when we come to the, the time when it's time to go, we say, well, I'm contented, I'm grateful, I, I thank everyone for support. I want to feel I can offer, you know, my life has offered something of benefit to others, at least then no hanging on. This is the way we should live and this is the way we pass. When other people pass away, we say, well, thank you. Thank you for being around at all. You were a flow, you were a, you were a, you were a movement. I couldn't hold it. I couldn't store it. I shouldn't have tried. Uh, thank you for, you know, what you brought and what I learned. So send them on the way with blessings. Your life is then a chance to really know that blessing, cultivate it and live in it.